You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. Nada, I don't want to be that guy that comes in here and gets all worked up about all rookie second team honors. I don't want to be that guy. Wait a minute. Hold on. What are you, what are you trying to say here? You but don't want to be this guy. I don't want to be this guy that comes in here and records this podcast with you and gets all frustrated, bothered, angry about somebody not making it or making it on the all rookie second team. Okay. Or not making it for the all-rookie first team. Okay. But I have a feeling we're going to both be very angry and have the microphone be in flames by the end of this rant. At least for you more so than me, because I don't think you have wait, any wait, problem wait. being this guy. I don't, because again, what you're, <laughs> what you're here telling me right now, Walker, is that you're Mr. Too Cool for school. You can't get mad. Like, this is all we got, man. Yeah. This is all we and got. And they don't even want to give that to us. Exactly. Man, look, you, me, Hornets fans listening to the pod right now, we all got to stick together in times like these man exactly watching Kimball Walker yeah he might screw up in some of the moments that are uh, well I mean at the big at the big moments at the end of the game he was delivering but we might see our coffee shop get gentrified I get you on all of and that what do you mean might it's, it's <laughs> continuing like that kind of well, people are coming down on him pretty hard for how bad he's been even Kimba is coming down on him oh, pretty of hard of course but. he is because that's Kimba but again at the same time we're watching that we're watching our rookie not get no love not yeah. as much as he should we all just got to stick together man we it's, do have to stick together Together. It's the Lockdown Hornets podcast. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. We have the local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Ditcher, Spotify, wherever you get them. And you can follow us on Twitter, by the way, at Lockdown Hornets. Let's dive into something that we wanted to get real angry about. Mm-hmm. So in case you didn't know, I'm sure you were able to guess, but in case you didn't know, the all-rookie team came out first and second team, both of them listed yesterday. And the 2019-2020 NBA all-rookie first team included Ja Morant, mm-hmm. Kendrick Nunn, mm-hmm. Brandon Clark, Zion Williamson, and last but yes, and still least, Eric Paschal. That was your all-rookie first team. Yes. Your second all-rookie, your all-rookie second team included Tyler Hero, Terrence Davis II, Kobe White, P.J. Washington Jr., and Rui Hachimura. If you'll notice, the order in which I listed all of those names are very important because, one, the top five do get all the first team. No crazy (laughs) math done there. But P.J. Washington, not only did he not make all-rookie first team, he was the fourth member to make the all-rookie second team nod, nada. And then when you see Rui Hachimura getting 10 first-team votes, That's more than what P.J. Washington got. And P.J. Washington tied for Kobe White. If you look at the total points in which all of these players accumulated, when you go to the all-rookie second team, P.J. Washington got 88 total points, and then it was Rui Hachimura getting 74. It was Kobe White actually leading P.J. Washington with 90 and Terrence Davis getting 96. So I guess there was a somewhat of a drop-off before you get to Rui Hachimura. Yeah. But not really. It's still pretty damn close. So basically, PJ got no love, and he should have gotten a whole hell of a lot more instead of getting fourth, being the fourth listed rookie out of the top ten. Exactly. On on the second team, I should say, excuse me, number nine listed rookie out of the top ten, number four on the second team. And I look at all of these guys. I looked at the stats just to make sure that I wasn't crazy, even though I already knew I wasn't. I looked at all the stats. I compared them to all the other players that were on both of these teams. And P.J. Washington deserves to be 
first all rookie team. And there's no doubt about it. Even after the season was done for all of these rookies, because we're not supposed to measure playoff achievements for them. Mm-hmm. He should have been all uh, all rookie first team. Not a, I allow you to go off. What are some of the biggest problems that you have with the numbers that I listed and the teams that they've been divided into? Question, Walker. Have you seen how many votes, especially first place votes, that one RJ Barrett guy? <laughs> I did. Actually, actually, I don't have that here. How about? Yes, I do. It's 10. Okay, yeah, I saw it. He got 10. He got more than PJ. He got more than PJ. Mm-hmm. RJ Barrett isn't even on this list. RJ Barrett was not one of the 10 best rookies in this class so far, thus far, or at least over the previous season. Eric Paschal was not better. If And this is where like I am just utterly dumbfounded. Maybe even besmocked right now. That's how wow. bad I am. I love that. That, that this is how this is how like <laughs> I'm just confused because someone needs to explain to me how PJ Washington can probably be at again there are the numbers are so much better. I'm not going to say so much better, but they are markedly better if you don't use the counting stats. If we're going to go to value over replacement player, P.J. Washington had Eric Paschal beat. Want to talk about box plus minus. We're going to, again, P.J. Washington was a significantly better player than Eric Paschal. So, again, this just shows me that these guys don't do their homework or the guys that voted don't do the homework. And I would be less upset if, quite honestly, y'all gave Devontae Graham top three. Like, if the Devontae Graham top three thing had happened, then you know what? Cool. You know, you can maybe slack a little bit on it. But we got to give us one. Yeah. Give us one. So uh, let's go down the list here, okay? When we look at the top five people getting the all-rookie first team nods, John Morant, Kendrick Nunn, Brandon Clark, Zion Williamson, Eric Paschal, I look at two of these guys for sure being better, no doubt about it, than PJ, even with the less amount of games that Zion played, Zion has to be all rookie first team. He just does. You disagree? Yes. You got to play some game. You got to play more than 20 games, man. He was so good, though, in the he regular season. He was good in 20 games, but he, still, you got to play more than 20. I, for me, John Morant has to be in there. Zion Williamson has to be, the, be in there. And I even think Brandon Clark should be in there. Now, this is the interesting study that we get to because I love Brandon Clark huge fan of him coming out of Gonzaga last year. You know how much I loved him. Mm -hmm. And so I loved him when he was really successful in his rookie year for the Grizzlies. But look at his stats compared to PJ. So this is Brandon Clark, who was very easily into this all rookie first team being third place getter, by the way, 189 total points. That was 13 above what Zion received had 92 first team votes. Only eight of the people left him off of their first team ballot. So let's look at Brandon Clark and what his stats were this season. He played 22.4 minutes per game. Mm -hmm. He shot 8.3 times from the field per game. He shot 62% from the field. He shot 1.1 times from beyond the arc per game, shooting 36% clip, which is good. And that was something we were kind of worried about with him. You look at his effective field goal percentage. It was at 64.2. That's fantastic. His free throw percentage was 76. His points per game were 12.1. His assists per game were 1.4. His total rebounds per game were 5.9. So those are Brandon Clark's stats. All very good, very efficient player. We don't even count his defense, which is also fantastic. So kudos to Brandon Clark for getting in as much. And I and I love Brandon Clark. I exactly. can't wait we to think, see what we, he again, unfolds. We're not trying to hate on Brandon Clark at all. So Brandon Clark 
averages 12.1 points per game. P.J. Washington averages 12.2. Brandon Clark averages 5.9 rebounds per game. P.J. Washington averages 5.4. Brandon Clark averaged 22 minutes a game. P.J. Washington did average 30 a game, so that's eight more than what Brandon Clark did. You go to the three-point percentage, which is perhaps the biggest difference between the two. Brandon Clark shot 36% on 1.1. P.J. Washington shot 37.4 on four attempts per game. The effective field goal percentage while shooting a lot more from beyond the arc for P.J. was damn near 53 effective field goal percentage. Those numbers do not separate those guys the, what, seven spots that they're separated. No. The six spots that they're separated, I should say, from Brandon getting third and P.J. is nine. Okay, so that's it. Like, But even, look, that's just me kind of – you know, trying to split hairs here. Okay. I get that. Brandon, if you want to put him ahead of them, then fine. We can go to Kendrick Nunn, (laughs) who is second on this list. Who, mind you, for other reasons, probably shouldn't be getting any publicity, but we're not going to go there. That's true. Kendrick Nunn, he's an empty calories guy. Yeah. And as much as I think Kendrick Nunn, I have no problem with him being on this list more so than maybe an Eric Paschal. I get that he's only doing the scoring and he was really bad in the postseason and has been bad in the bubble to even play all that much in the bubble until the last series, I believe. But Kendrick Nunn getting in there just because he's on a good team with the Miami Heat, even if a lot of the stuff that he did was empty calories. Tyler Hero getting on this list. He's a great three-point shooter and that matters, but what else did he do? Nothing that contributed to the level of PJ. Then you go to your boy, Eric Paschal, who you're really mad about. Um, Eric Paschal shot 28.7% from three-point range this year, and he did so on 14 points per game. And then you get to Kobe White, Nada, who was bad, who was flat-out <laughs> bad. And I'm talking about I love Brandon Clark. If you want to put him ahead of P.J., then okay, there's certainly a case there. There is zero case for Kobe White for a full-body one year of work for him to be ahead of P.J. Washington, yet Kobe White is ahead of P.J. Washington. And I love Kobe. Like, that. that's legitimately one of my favorite Tar Heels of all time i love the hair like the dude's character is fantastic (laughs) like his sheer joy of playing the game it is intoxicating i loved kobe white coming out of college there is no way you can come up with a case that kobe was better than pj washington and yet he's getting more love out here than what pj did exactly and it's just literally the basically the sins of the previous regime are now starting to hurt the guys that were drafted here and the guys that were built that were brought here to change the culture. And as I keep saying, this is going to be one of those things like you can't, and I'll continue to say this, you can't lament if you're in the media, oh, these guys just want to go to bigger markets. Then recognize them while they're in the smaller markets. It's, mm-hmm. it's, a very simple, it's a very simple solution. If you're not going to do that, then you cannot, you do not get at the back end the right to complain about them going to big markets and then recognizing them. Well, and here's the thing with PJ too. Like he had, he had a couple of rookie walls, right? There, yes, there was a couple times that you saw him start to struggle. But for me, it was more about the shooting rather than, and that's, you know, it's a make or miss league, right? It's yeah, just exactly. sometimes the shots don't go down, but that doesn't necessarily tell you that this guy is an awful player. And I know it just went field goal percentages to kind of verify why PJ should be in first all rookie team. 
But even the other stuff he did, we saw him develop as a passer as the year went on and already was a pretty damn good one, to be honest with you, right from the get go. His defense is something that very much so improved and is a better defender than what Kobe White was. Maybe not Brandon Clark, but certainly an Eric Pascal. Like I just with PJ not being there, it, it just it goes to show you as, as what you've been saying, Nada. like they're just not paying attention to the Hornets like. I, I'm even I even go in on the Hornets too because you gotta win if you want to get some love. No, I get that. Yes. Like that that's not harsh criticism. You know, that that's legit criticism. They need to get more wins if they're gonna get more love. But when you're talking about these kinds of awards, if you're gonna put all of this merit into them, and I don't know how many people And you're do, gonna put money into these, by the way. If when you talk about incentives for sure like that, and Devontae's out here getting fifth and PJ Washington is barely making second team all rookie. I mean, with just a few votes more than what Rui Hachimura did. Like, I, I don't get it, man. Like I, I don't, I don't don't get it. PJ Washington. We're here to defend you, um, over something that is probably not all that important. Another thing to argue again, considering the landscape of this country and the landscape of the world right now, it's fairly inconsequential. We're still going to (laughs) be, we're still mad about it. And real quickly, like just talking about the team situations that all these guys are in, you know, Eric Pascal's numbers come in a situation where, okay, if you're going to reward, if you're you're going (laughs) to, if you're going to say that you shouldn't reward a player for playing on a bad team, then we're going to go to a team that was worse than the Hornets, you know, (laughs) especially with the way that they were playing down the stretch. The Hornets were playing a lot better, but Eric Pascal is going to get first team all rookie. Kobe White. And Kobe White. Well, and Kobe White was playing for a bad team, and yep. Kobe White got rewarded for what he was doing at the very end of the season. He had like three weeks. Like again, yeah. I, I hate saying all these bad things about one of my favorite college players in the last decade, but there's no doubt about it. Like PJ was just flat out was better, better by a lot than what Kobe was, except for at the very end when Kobe did catch fire, and that's what he was rewarded for. It was what have you done for me lately? It's really no, just did, I mean it was all what have you done for me lately with Kobe making this. And so when we're talking about these team situations. Kendrick can get in on based on playing for a good team and, and giving you some scoring and, and Tyler hero can do that as well. Look, I, I think there's some merit to playing for a team that's playing significant games all the time. I get all of that yet. Still PJ played a big role where he made this team better and helped this team outperform the expectations that everybody had around them, including beating the Miami heat who had two of these guys on this list last and at beating the, the, the Bulls season. three out of four times, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So PJ, we got your back, man. Me and Nada, we've got your back. I imagine a lot of other people do too that are a part of Hornets Nation. We'll take a quick break. I want to continue to talk about just the lack of draft history that has been positive for this team. PJ is the guy that you can feel good about, certainly as first-round picks. It's the first time that a member of the Charlotte Hornets has been a member of one of these two all-rookie teams since 2014 when Cody Zeller did it. What happened in between then? We'll talk about that next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. Final play, though, was pretty pretty doo-doo. You missed the shot, you missed the shot, but that was and that good. It was reminiscent of Hornets inbounds years past. I was going to say, yeah, it was doo-doo, as you said, and it reminded of what was the other shot that you didn't like, Doug? It's a technical Uh, term, technical basketball term. I'm a smart basketball guy. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. So not as I mentioned, it's been 2014 since yes. we've had any rookie receive this honor. By the way, shout out to Cody Martin did get one vote. So I don't know who that person is, but <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I hope that person actually voted Cody Martin second team and PJ first team because you're my new favorite. Whoever gave Cody Martin that one vote. 
We're going to find out who it is. Yes. And I want to get him on. Like, I would show yourself. All we want to do is praise you. Yes. Again, we will shower you with praise and getting (laughs) it right for once. Thank you very much for that. Um, But it goes to show you how much this franchise has been set back because before that, they drafted Kimball Walker. He was the best hit that they've had in the last 15 years. And after that, it's been a real struggle to try to put talent around Kimba enough for them to get out of the first round of the playoffs. They got close in a game seven series against the Miami Heat in 2015-16, and that was the closest we've ever come. Um, And not being able to draft well certainly killed this Hornets, uh, the Hornets hope that people might have had around them. What I mean, at any point. So you get PJ, you look like you hit on him. We can go back to 2018 where I was looking at some of the votes coming (laughs) miles way because even with me being such a a hater of the miles pick, right? At the end of the season, I thought he outperformed my expectations. I was giving him some love for how he played. I was like, all right, Mitch. Okay. Like miles gave you something. I, I, you know, didn't perform better than SGA, but miles gave you something. And we were looking up some of the votes and I'll even give miles some love here. The lack of votes that miles bridges got for, um, one of these all rookie team slots, the guys that ahead of were ahead of him, like Kevin Knox, was ahead of him. You're going Josh like Kogi was ahead of him. Like Alonzo Trier, I think was a thing for like the first, you know, two weeks of the season. Yes. And that was it. And he got ahead of miles bridges. He should not have been ahead of one miles bridges. And so just the Hornets, more Hornets, just not getting any kind of love. You know, I, I thought miles actually kind of got um, unfairly not voted for in that one, but still it's not like I have this huge case for him. So I digress. He didn't make it. We move on. Then you go to the rest of the draft picks. You know, Malik Monk was never uh, going to get in one of those all rookie teams. No, he never, he didn't, he didn't play enough games to necessarily even warrant a, a pity vote. Yeah. And, and he was more, what have you done for me lately? But it's not going to work for the Hornets, his rookie season. You know, they drafted Malachi Richardson in 2016. So we didn't even have a rookie play for us. Then after that trade with Marco Bellinelli, 2015, Frank Kaminsky wasn't going to get that nod. 2014, Noah Vonley wasn't going to get that nod. <laughs> so then we got to go all the way back to 2013, uh, the draft, I should say. Cody got it for the 2014 season, of course. But Cody Zeller getting drafted in 2013, he was the last guy, and it really killed this team. And not it's unfortunate when we can go to the playoffs and see a small market team like Denver, we can see Portland get to a Western Conference Finals. Now the Denver Nuggets have gotten to a Western Conference Finals. We see Toronto, based on their drafting and be able to make savvy moves, they were able to get to an NBA Finals last season. The point being, it's that, man, the small market excuse only goes so far. Basically. Until you have all these other teams that are out here balling with their stars, you know, Utah. And we've made this case a couple of times, but it goes to show you, man, Rich Cho, not too good at that whole drafting thing, man. And it set this franchise back quite a bit. It's it's funny you mention that because I think you have to say draft and develop in the same sentence. And yes, the draft was not good. It was very, very, very bad. And Rich Cho was not very good at it. But you know what they were even worse at? Developing talent. They were even worse at developing young, specifically young, cheap talent, which is what you were supposed to do as a small market franchise. You have to continually have a pipeline where you develop these, you bring in these guys that are going to be really good on really cheap contracts, and then they become filler pieces or they become significant pieces in either trade or sometimes you can develop them into being stars. The idea is that this team as a whole has not been good at drafting and development probably ever. And this is what makes this era of Hornets basketball at least a little bit more exciting because 
you are seeing the fruits of their labor. You are seeing them put new, like, just put a whole different, like, spin on, on, on basically drafting and developing. And the fact that they are doing that is going to be the thing that probably makes this different this time. At least, I hope it makes it different this time. Right. And, and, and we couldn't hope though, like in the previous five years, you know, that was something that we couldn't ever have real confidence in the regime because they just couldn't hit on draft picks whatsoever. And, you know, they would spend the money like they wanted, you know, like they were, you know, trying to salvage something to, you know, save the talent that was Kimball Walker and get to a second round of the postseason. You know, we can go to the trades that Rich Cho would make to try to salvage something. The bad ones like a Miles Plumley mm-hmm. that then turns into, I think that one turned into Dwight Howard. We can go down that train. Exactly. But, we but, can go down like misery lane if we want to. Yeah. But, you know, we, we all know where that leads. And fi- it just seems like the process now for the Hornets, like it just seems like it's the right one they're at yeah. least saying all the right things if they miss on a draft pick here and there you know what it makes it a little bit easier to swallow because it seems like they recognize that more bites at the apple are the most important thing mm. um and and they're utilizing their second round picks they're utilizing some of the second round picks they have to move up in the draft maybe to get a guy you know they're it just they they seem to be saying the things like hey we're not ready to take that next step and go spend big money even though we have it for one of these free agents that can come in and help us get to, I don't know, like yeah. 37 wins and kind of flirt, but not really with a playoff berth. Like that's, you know, that's the kind of thing that they seem to be avoiding. And that's, it's yeah. just the first time we've heard real competent thinking within the front office like this. You're saying, basically you're saying they have a plan and yeah. it appears that they're sticking to this plan, which is a revolutionary process because the last <laughs> time they said they were sticking to a plan, they abandoned it three years in. So, I want to see them do this. I'm not saying sustained losing. I'm saying you can sustain, you can sustainably compete and not necessarily compete for a playoff spot, but at the same time drafting and developing. Because guess what, Walker? There's not going to be any fans in the building next year, most likely. So, this is a time where you get to really go crazy and experiment. Okay, you want to see PJ and Miles at the... Uh, Again, at four and five, Mm -hmm. why not do it in a season where there's going to be no fans to boo the idea? I I just want to see them go crazy. I want to see them draft, develop. And I, again, I feel confident. I feel really good about there being a plan for one. So PJ Washington makes an all rookie team. And I expect the number three overall pick to make an all rookie team because not a this guy is going to have the most cachet of any player we've had come into our team since since Cody Zeller, yeah, since Malik probably. Yeah. I think Malik had a lot of love, even though he fell in the draft. But he's going to have more than Malik because he's going to be a top three pick. Exactly. And even in my brain, Lamelo Ball is going to have the most of all of them because he's the most enticing guy. Just as far as like a, a marketing standpoint, a national standpoint, people want to see where Lamelo Ball is going to well, go. Let me put it this way: Lamelo Ball. If the Hornets draft LaMelo Ball, I can almost guarantee you there will be 20 national games. 20. <laughs> no, I guarantee, I, I guarantee you there'll be 20. We're going to get more. Than, yeah, more we're we're going to get more certainly than what we've been getting. Exactly. At, you're, they're going to get 20. They're mostly be on ESPN, but you're going to get 20 national games. I recognize that it's not smart to draft solely off of that. But I do ask you, how enticing is it when you think about the kind of national publicity the Hornets would get if they do select a LaMelo Ball? Does that make you kind of want to go for LaMelo a little bit more, even though you know it's not the most valuable thing for a prospect? 
Yes, it does. Like, I mean, how much does the national spotlight make you be like, it yeah, matters. let's go ahead and pull the trigger on this it, guy. it matters. It matters. It has to matter in all of this. Because if the idea is, and again, a Lame- again, a spotlight on LaMelo Ball might give more shine to a P.J. Washington or a Devontae Graham mm-hmm. or even Terry Rozier. And that can only help you in terms of maybe trade, again, national press. So this guy, again, whoever this brings in, because, again, you don't know if that second pick becomes really, really good. Again, 32 or wherever they pick is really, really good. Then what happens then? Does he make the all-rookie team? Because if you get two guys in the same class in the all-rookie team, that makes you almost like Miami, right? Almost says you have a culture, right? (laughs) Yeah. Seems like we're establishing one. Again, so the idea is... I'm okay with this. I'm okay with, like I said, I'm okay with drafting a guy for, for name value as long as his game comes along with it. Yeah, like you're not sacrificing it. We get it. But it, it's, 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 a certain, bonus, it's certainly a nice bonus. Like it's it would a be a lot of fun to get that kind of guy with that kind of uh, news-making ability. Another thing that needs to have the spotlight on it, it's Built Bar for sure. We Jenny always appreciate Built Bar for being partners with us here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's for the great health-conscious guy. It's for you to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and they're great for keto diets. The Cherry Barcia flavor, that's our favorite here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast, but you can all get, uh, also get other flavors like peanut butter, coconut, almond, and cookies and cream. Plus, it's free cooler with your purchase of Built Bars at BuiltBar.com while supplies last. Again, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKDOWN, that's all one word, and you'll get $10 off of your next order. Use promo code LOCKDOWN for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. One more segment to go. Nada wants to fire Doc Rivers next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. Have you fallen out of love with uh, Lonnie Walker yet, or are you still in love with him? I think there's still a chance. Yeah, I think I there's know, still a too. chance. Yeah. I think he's uh, <laughs> playing pretty well right now. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Are you surprised that Doc Rivers isn't fired yet? Yes, quite honestly. Well, again, as I told you before we started recording, I understand not firing him because it's a pandemic and this is not normal times. But outside of that, I don't understand him not being fired yet. So you're giving him like one day because it's the pandemic. Yes, exactly. <laughs> if, if, if this was not the coronavirus surrounding us, then you would have just gone ahead and given him the axe the yes. day after. If it, was a, if it was a normal situation, if this is a game seven at home in Los Angeles, in, in Staples, Yes, you fire him the next day. There is no, no, like, there's no hesitation. This team is on a one-year deal. You have to win or Kawhi leaves. So, therefore, you got to really, really think about this thing long and hard and say, Doc, you got to go. It really is remarkable. The fact that the Clippers lost in a seven-game series to the Nuggets not the Lakers with <laughs> LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Not even Houston, which may have made this a little bit easier to digest oh, no, with James no, no, Harden no, no, and no, Russell no, no. Westbrook. I think nationally it would have. But the Denver Nuggets is the team that you lose to. And even, you know, even if it's not the Rockets, I digress. It's just not a, this is a seven-game series yes. that they had a 3-1 series lead on this Indeed. team <clears throat> that you are deeper than, even with the Nuggets being pretty deep. I mean, having some guys they can go to, 
Nikola Jokic was absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, it might even be making you rethink your whole wings. Oh, win, no, ra- no, 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 no. Rings thing. No, 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 no. See, here's the thing. Uh-huh. You're, you're, you're going to try and push that through. And no, I, I'm I, like, I did bam, out of bio. I did seem to see some love for one and Yeka Kungwu on Twitter. I yesterday. did. I did. Uh-huh. But here's the thing. You know what they say? Bigs win ring. Oh, wait. No, they don't. It doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. You got to come up with your own tag tag phrase for that. I'm, I, it looks like you might be changing yours. But no, fact- no, no, no. I'm saying oh, I'm off, I'm fine with Okongu dra- drafting Okongu. I know. That's what I'm saying. It seems like you need you seem to be changing your tune. Oh, no. Lamelo or Buss. But oh, okay. Okongu is not, not a bad consolation prize. It's crazy that the Clippers lost to the Nuggets it's, it's, because now we have to figure out what in the hell do the Clippers do? Even if they have $20 million worth of contracts coming off of the books, it doesn't necessarily lead into cap room because they did have all of these big contracts that they brought in. Well, the, the Paul George one, of course, mm-hmm. but it's not like they have cap room. And so now they have to try to figure out, are they going to bring in another star to try to team up with Kawhi and Paul? And as we talked about, these are two guys that they wanted to opt out. And yes. so if the Clippers trade all of these first round picks where I believe they don't have a first round pick until 2027. If they I'm don't have mistaken. control of a first round pick until 2027. So Kawhi and Paul leave. You don't have a first round pick until 2027. Then your best player or I don't even know who your best player is. Maybe Landry Shamit. <laughs> maybe. Is Landry your go-to guy? Um, you know, maybe Lou Williams just plays till he's 44, but he's going to come off of the bench and be the sixth man at least at 44. You know, like the, the Clippers are in a crazy world of hurt right now. And Doc Rivers being the head coach, who is one of, I think most people would say he's one of the best head coaches in the NBA. I think most people would have until this series, they would have said that Doc Rivers is one of the best coaches in the NBA along with, you know, along with some other guys, but he certainly was highly thought of. And now one series one series can make you rethink all of that. Nobody was questioning Doc Rivers for his job security heading into the Denver series. Now they are. Now, seven games later, you absolutely are. Hell, even three games later, because it was up 3-1, no one was questioning Doc for all of this. And because he loses three games in a row, now that guy might get the ax despite being fine just a week ago. Here's the crazy thing. Remember we had this discussion Again, with the Clippers series and the Clippers and Mavs and Luka almost sending them home. Remember, I was saying the same exact thing. Like, if they lose, you have to fire Doc. I am being fairly consistent on this one. Oh, no, I'm not saying this is hot. Like, everybody's talking about it. it it's just it's just crazy to think that we're here after they had the 3-1 lead. But I, I'm not even saying we shouldn't have this conversation. This because, conversation should be had, though. Well, because you go back in Doc Rivers' past, and the dude is not good in Game 7s. Nope. We know that this is the second time that his Clippers team has lost a 3-1 series lead. And Nada, that guy has had so much talent with that organization. And poor Clippers fans, because, look, you <laughs> might have had some success the past decade after being basically a franchise that hasn't done anything for a while but look at what the clippers have done the the clippers have not made a conference finals in 49 years i saw tam uh, tom haberstrow put this tweet out yeah you saw who was second on that list and it's the hornets at 30 but even with the hornets having never been to a conference finals 
they're 19 seasons behind the Clippers. <laughs> That's true. We I mean, have plenty of time. Yes. Guys. So we appreciate it. Clippers. Like you're still keeping your streak alive. Like who would have thought that the Hornets would not be number one on this list. And yet, um, and this is by the way, this is all sports. Like this yeah. isn't NBA. This is all sports. The Clippers have 49 years where they haven't gone to the conference finals. The Hornets have 30 years. They haven't gone to the conference finals. I think it's like the blue jackets or yeah, something. Exactly. I don't know hockey, but there was one of those hockey teams that haven't been there. Um, so the Hornets don't have that streak yet. Not a, we at least have to wait one more year before we get that we're at least number two yep we're number two <laughs> i think I'm, I'm happy to be number two in this case uh i think you are right about that by the way real quickly let's get some of your thoughts on the heat uh celtics game one bam out bio with just a fantastic block on jason tatum i hope we get a lot more of that and i think we will for the remainder of the eastern conference finals celtics and seven i want to see what this team i want to see what boston looks like when Gordon Hayward comes back because I think he's about one or two games away. And if they if they even the season series up, and then you have to play a, a again three out of five mm-hmm. from there, I kind of like Boston's chances even better. So Bam Adebayo is is the center that you build around, which is why no James <laughs> Wiseman guys. Do you? wonder what Kimba Walker did to Jimmy Butler to piss him off so much about why Kimba can't have nice things. Look, you see, here's the thing. If I'm Kimba Walker right now, I take, again, I'm not saying you commit a felony. (laughs) Oh, no, where's this going? If if Jimmy Butler somehow was in a parking lot with his knee, like holding his knee, Mm -hmm. and there's a pipe right by the side (laughs) of it, old, like, four horsemen style in, like, the 80s, Yo, and they said Kemba Walker did it. I wouldn't blame him. Um, not Kemba though. Like it'd be the perfect crime because Kemba Walker would never do that. Everybody he would loves never do that. No, Kemba. Exactly. Uh, Smiling and, assassin. I mean, Jimmy Butler. That dude is one of the coldest dudes in the NBA. Twenty dollar coffee. It's and I'm ridiculous. Willing to buy it. Uh, me too. I'll drink it all day long. That wraps up this edition of Lockdown Hornets. Thanks again to you guys for always supporting the show. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Lockdown NBA. Have a great day. uh, We will be back with you tomorrow, maybe ranting about something else that's not really all that important.